It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you listen. I hope you're doing all right. We got a busy show scheduled for you today. May even open up the phone lines a little bit later. Time will tell. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant. Located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. That's 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simons to get a decent pizza. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm going to be going down there um, in another uh, week or so. So if you got nothing to do the week of June 12th, come on down to St. Simon's, stop by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, and uh, we'll throw down a few slices together. You know what I mean? Today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Well, it can save you money. It can get yourself some stuff for free, and it can help us out too. Go sign up today. Uh, go to our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Gawk Box banner. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Turning Stone Resort and Casino, uh, located in Verona. I like that. Verona, New York. And uh, their next boxing event, which is Friday, June 9th. Now, that Friday happens to be the Friday during the International Boxing Hall of Fame weekend. I'm going to be ringside watching a great card uh, from the Turning Stone, and you should be too. So uh, get yourself some tickets right now. Easy way is to go to our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Turning Stone Fight Poster, which is on the right-hand side, or just go to the Turning Stone box office on their website, turningstone.com. But make sure you tell them Billy C sent you and demand the Billy C ticket discount. They'll know what I'm talking about. So uh, I'd like to see you up there. Drop me an email, billy at talkingboxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N. B-O-X-I-N-G uh, dot com. And uh, let me know where you're going to be so I can go by and we can, you know, have uh, a couple of scotches together. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can literally get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just go to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com or... If you want a signed copy, just go to the website, billycboxing.com, and follow the direction. You're not going to miss where the book is. But uh, Anyway, as usual, I want to give a uh, special shout-out 
to uh, all of our uh, viewers on uh, on TV. We're happy to be on uh, television now, uh, as long with all of our uh, radio affiliates. So uh, glad to be part of uh, all of your programming. Let us know. Drop us uh, an email. Let us know uh, where you're watching or listening uh, to us at, and uh, you know, give us a report card. We'd love to hear from you. Um, today's show. Oh, oh, I forgot. We've been uh, experimenting with our Facebook Live account uh, all this week, and uh, we're, uh, we're we're enjoying what we're seeing. Just remember, if you're watching on Facebook right now, uh, if you want the full video effect of the show. Uh, which is not just one camera feed, then you got to go over to uh, the YouTube channel, which uh, actually has the same version of the show that's available on television. So check that out. It's youtube.com slash talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. Well, today's show, a couple of topics I want to talk about, a little uh, preview on uh, Manny Pacquiao, uh, Jeff Horn, uh, how things are going there. Um, Miguel Cotto uh, signed. You know, it's kind of comical because he signed a multi-fight deal with Golden Boy, and, and I, I mean, he didn't even follow through with his last deal with Rock Nation. So we'll we'll talk a little about that. Uh, Dana White getting his tail feathers uh, ruffled up uh, over uh, Oscar De La Hoya's open letter to the boxing fans about that joke of a fight between uh, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Um, we'll talk a little about that. Uh, but the main topic I, I want to discuss today is Sergey Kovalev. And the fact that Sergey Kovalev, who I happen to like, uh, has been talking a lot of smack lately, man. I mean, a lot of smack. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. When I get Andre Ward in the ring, oh, boy, is he going to be sorry. You know, I, hey, listen, my bottom line is this guy better start uh, following through with half of it. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves in this sport today is all of the pre-fight hype from fighters that say, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, when he, oh, man, he's going to hit him so hard, his kids are going to be dizzy. Uh, you know, I'm going to do this. Oh, man. And then the bell rings, and, you know, they're, they're dancing. They're doing the waltz. They're, they're, they're looking like they want to get a hotel room after the fight. You know, I listen, if you're going to talk smack, you got to back it up. Joining me right now, uh, all the way from beautiful St. Simons Island, uh, he's a guy that uh, is a New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer. He's a Guinness Book of World Record holder, and he can throw a pizza from here to the moon and back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal Rock. Oh, Sal's funny with the Sal Rocky said Cola, What's up? You know, I'm watching the camera. I'm watching your camera feed, and you're like, you're like a clown. You really are. You're, you're like, you know, all of the all of the intro. You're sitting there smiling, pointing. I mean, come on, man. You know, it's it's funny stuff. But uh, have yeah, fun, man. Have uh, fun. No, that's good. Dressed, that's good. Dressed up my set in the back. I put a pair of old shoes up there. I got a my box. Thinking about it, we can go on and on. Good morning, Billy C. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm not doing uh, too bad, my man. But uh, what's what's your thoughts, man? I mean, Sergey Kovalev. I'm, I'm going to get you some uh, quotes from Kovalev here in a second. But what's your thoughts on these fighters that talk all this smack and don't even try to live it up, or they don't even try to back up any? Uh, we've talked a lot about this, but Kovalev hasn't shut up. I mean, listen. I think Andre Ward is the biggest diva in boxing, and Miguel Cotto's right behind him. 
but uh, you know you don't hear much smack talk from the guy. You know he lets he lets his uh, actions speak for themselves in the ring. What's your thoughts on uh, uh, Kovalev talking it up, man? Well, I'll tell you what, Kovalev right now, I'm sure you know he he's got a feel in his heart of hearts. He won that fight, the first fight, and I felt he won that first fight, and so did millions of other fans felt that he won that first fight. And so for him to talk it up and try and intimidate or try to try to let everybody know he's here to fight to to claim uh, to be the victor before they fight, yeah, he's got to back it up. I, I could see how he's being maybe a little zealous right now, uh, promoting it and uh, trying to trying to make up for what he shut off basically the second half of that fight because he had that fight going in. I didn't think that fight was going to last five rounds after he dropped a. But uh, he did, and he went on, and to Ward's credit, he capitalized, and he won that second half of the fight, ultimately, which gave him that decision by a narrow margin. Uh, so I, I could see him trying to talk smack, but he's got to back it up. He's got to back it up. And for other fighters that talk to smack, and then, as you said, they do the little carousel dance around the ring. Forget about it. I, I, you got to put your fist out this, basically. Or where the other opponent's mouth is, it'd be better. You know, uh, I wish you would have. <clears throat> I wish you would have listened to me yesterday and uh, uh, rebooted your uh, <clears throat> modem this morning, which I can tell you did not. But uh, you know, I, you know what? You're you're gonna have to stay after class today and uh, and get a little reprimanded because you know you're I'm looking you're, at you're, my modem right now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're. you're <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> let me let me read you some uh, let me read you some quotes. Um, Sergey Kovalev okay. says, Sergey Kovalev says, uh, I don't like this guy, referring to Ward. He says, I want to punish him because he's put, he puts his nose really up in the air right now. He knows that he lost the fight. Um, you know, I, I could see a fighter getting uh, frustrated with, with uh, you know, an opponent's, you know, smug reactions and stuff. But, you know, I, listen, Andre Ward... Uh, when he fought in the Super Six, he, he, he fought the best out there. I, I don't know what happened to him. He, he really does think he's uh, the best out there. I, I, I'm not so sure about that now. Um, but I can see how somebody could get upset with the way his actions are. I certainly do. I can't stand the way um, he acts like he's this big superstar in, in boxing because he's not. I mean, the truth is, is the guy can't draw flies to a garbage convention. He can't even sell out his own local arenas, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, and I blame that not on his performance and, and, and uh, uh, boxing ability, but, you know, uh, the promotion of Andre Ward earlier in his career. But, you know, the one thing I'm going to say, Sal, is that a guy like Kovalev saying this stuff, it seems like he's getting more jacked up over the way Ward is acting than he should be concentrating on his game plan because, let's face it, Andre Ward is a smart guy. He's probably doing this because he knows that he's getting under the skin of Kovalev. What do you think? You know, that's a good point, Bill, and and I could definitely agree with you on that. I think, you know, Kovalev, like I said, he has to feel in his heart of hearts. I know he does. So, because millions of other fans do, felt that he won that fight. And so he's got to uh, let his fists ultimately do the talking. But I can see now where he is trying to uh, uh, get under Andre Ward's skin. 
talk it up. And uh, Andre Ward, to his credit, he is a smart man. So he's keeping quiet about everything right now. And he's that that's going to further make uh, Kovalev think, well, what's he doing? Well, why isn't he reacting? What, what's the what's the I, I just put the volley. I put the ball over the net. And what's he doing? He's not bringing it back. So, yeah. But you know what? Here we are. Less than uh, 70 hours. We're going to f- no. Well, that's that's another one. But uh, he's going to he's going to uh, have to have to let his fist do the talking and he's gonna have to be smart ward is smart Ward's a very smart fighter that's how he battled back and at least in some of the judges minds earned that decision over kovalev the first time yeah well you know uh you could also uh uh say that the judges didn't get it right i mean i you know no but, they uh, i i don't think they they did because i i gave it to kovalev i gave it to kovalev i think we all did we had a we had a a, a post-fight show that night and you know, there were a lot of fans. There was maybe one or two people that called in and said that they gave it to Ward. But the bottom line is, you know, I scored that fight. And that, just by the knockdown alone, um, you know, I, I had him winning that fight by uh, by at least one, maybe two points. Well, uh, I recall I had that fight six rounds apiece, and then the knockdown made the difference in the fight. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, and that whole thing. What? You were broken up. What? That was the whole thing. That knockdown was a big point. That was an extra point that I thought pushed Kovalev over the top to win that fight. Right. That to, at least on 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 my scorecard. On our card. Yeah. I got okay, um, I got another quote uh, from uh, from Kovalev, um, but uh, let's uh, let's take our break here, and when we come back, I'll, I'll read the quote, and then I will uh, get your thoughts on it, Sal, and. Uh, you know, uh, we'll uh, we'll get some other issues uh, added away, and then uh, maybe we'll even open up the phone lines a little bit later uh, if we get a chance. You know, hey, don't call. Hey, listen, boys and girls, don't call in until we open the lines, please. And by the way, if you're in a chat room right now, uh, I know some of the viewers on Facebook and some of the other um, streams that we're being broadcast on. Uh, we appreciate you chatting and interacting. But if you want to get your comments uh, read and actually discussed on air, the chat room that we uh, respond to is the one up on BillyCBoxing.com. So go to there, and uh, if you have any uh, comments, questions, or, or thoughts, or whatever, um, put them down in the chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com. Listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to read another quote from Sergey Kovalev, talking some smack about the upcoming fight between he <laughs> and Andre Ward. So uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. Don't forget about getting a copy of my book, man. It's out there, and uh, it's a great read. Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now. 
where all good books are sold. Find out why we got a five-star rating across the board. Get yourself a copy right now, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, just go to our website, BillyCBoxing.com. I'm here with uh, my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And uh, Sal, I got another uh, quote for you. Okay, um, I'm ready. The quotes from, uh, this is from Kovalev, you know, continuing his uh, smack talk. Uh, he says, uh, I don't care if Ward shows respect to me or not. I know only one thing. I'm going to kick his ass. I want to destroy him. I want to destroy this guy as a boxer, as a champion. For me, he's not a champion. He's a fake champion. He lives right now uh, with this status. He's a fake champion. He believes in his victory over me, and right now he's trying to get uh, the belief of the people to believe this victory. It's wrong. For me, it's wrong. Um, you know, I, first of all, <laughs> you know, you, you you can make an argument about a paper champion if if a fighter has a belt and is claiming uh, he's the best, et cetera, et cetera. But but you know whether you agree with the the scorecard or not, Ward is a definitely not a paper champion because he took all the belts that Kovalev had, so he's got those belts. So that's an incorrect statement in my opinion. Um, and the fight was close. We both, at least you and I, both agree that you know uh, we scored the fight fairly even until the knockdown. Uh, so, so you know, depending upon some of the close rounds and the judge goes one way or another, that that's where the end result is. So a robbery. The word robbery is not here. Um, but I do believe the masses felt that Kovalev won the fight. But with all that said, um, he's saying some pretty stiff stuff. And he's got to back it up, Sal. I mean, uh, if not, I think he's going to end up losing a lot of respect from people. Now, if he can go in there and destroy, which he could have done the first time around. I don't know why he didn't. Uh, but if he goes in there seeking and destroying uh, and comes up short, uh, this this could be devastating to his career. What's your thoughts on the quote and, uh, you know, whether he succeeds or not? Well, like I said earlier, he's got to be zealous right now because he feels in his heart of hearts that he won that fight. And uh, I, you know, like I said, I watched that fight and after the knockdown and the way he I saw Ward getting pummeled on, on several occasions. I never thought that Ward would see the fifth or sixth round. And all, to Ward's credit, he not only saw that uh, fifth and sixth round, but he turned the fight around that later part of the fight, the last half of the fight. Um, so I think there's a lot of uh, uh, resentment, maybe a little bitterness, maybe a little bit of regret. Because Kovalev, we did state and saw with our very eyes that he took his foot off the pedal. And he kept his gloves uh, inactive. And, and uh, he basically gave the second half of the fight away. Uh, so I think he has a lot of regrets that he didn't close the deal the way he should have. Could have stopped uh, Ward. And uh, I think now he's, he's bitter. And that's what his feelings are. He's expressing. Now the only thing is he's got to let his actions meet what he's expressing and he's got to put up or shut up and that's what's going to be happening in that fight that night he's going to put up or shut up and you know ward may have a couple surprises for him too but uh i i'm, I'm anticipating a great fight 
I think you said you're anticipating a great fight, but you're like that guy uh, Max Headroom back in the 80s uh, uh, today, Sal. But uh, in any event, I, I, I do agree he does have to uh, uh, put up or shut up because he's certainly uh, talking a lot of smack right now. And, and, and uh, you know... I, Woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, I, I mean, you know, if he's well, regretting, that, if he's regretting that he didn't do what he wants to do in this fight, in the last fight, you know, maybe he should rip a page out of Andre Ward's book and, you know, not really say much, just let it build up inside and uh, seek and destroy come fight night. You know, I mean, we got a couple of weeks before this fight takes place. Uh, you know, they can't possibly be trying to to sell tickets. I mean. Uh, a lot of people, despite Ward's inability to uh, sell uh, uh, out big arenas, Kovalev does, you know. So the fight itself uh, is worth watching, you know, both uh, live or, or pay-per-view. So, uh, you know, I can't imagine that, that the promoters feel that somebody's got to talk some smack to, to sell. Um, if he really believes this, then, you know, I, listen, the same things are going to happen, Sal. He's got to know how to be able to cut the ring off and and get Ward in a position which most likely should be against the ropes or in the corners and pummel him. If he can't do that, if he chases him around the ring like he did the first time and and tentatively not, you know, uh, not throw punches and act tentative, um, then the same result is going to happen. They're going to they're going to award the fight to Ward. You know, for some reason today's judges uh, you know, they 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 give the fight to, to guys that are boring sometimes. But the only way to win is you got to throw and land punches, right? You got to fight to win. And and you know what? Like I said, I think uh, he's had, what, since November? The fight was in November, right? Uh, he's had several months to ponder, to think, to regret, to say, I'll wait till I get him in a ring next time. And, yeah, you know what? Let's let's give give him some ideas here for, for marketing. Because we know Ward's not going to push this fight, and and for the promotion part, promoters will make this fight uh, and should have this fight uh, out in the forefront. Uh, but you know what? If this is another antic just to get some notoriety and to get some uh, fans to to feel that there's going to be a a, a a big big fight and a whirlwind to look at, yeah. So maybe he's promoting it a little bit somewhat. But I, I think that. He's very zealous. He wants to get in there and show the world what he should have shown the world back in November. That's what he's doing. Well, like I said, woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, truthfully, uh, you know, uh, and he, and John David Jackson is a, a trainer that was. I know John David Jackson. He's out of Florida. Uh, soft-spoken guy, but knows his, you know what, and uh, Kovalev uh, has kicked him to the curb, and you know we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens there. I mean, you know, one of the things that bothers me is when fighters lose a fight. Uh, a lot of times they blame the trainer. You know, a lot of and 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 you know, with all due respect, a lot of times you'll hear a trainer say, "We got to do this." We got to do this. We we trained hard. We did this. We did that. And then yeah. the fighter loses, and all of a sudden they go, well, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. You know, <laughs> It goes from we to he, you know. And uh, uh, a lot of times, you know, the fighters, uh, 
do the same thing. You know, they lose the fight, so who do they blame? The trainer? You know, I mean, the trainer wasn't in there not throwing enough punches. You know, the trainer wasn't in there, uh, you know, following his opponent around the ring. You know, it, it boils down to what adjustments the trainer gives during the uh, in-between rounds. If How many times have we seen it, Sal? How many times have we talked about it where, you know, a fighter goes back to the corner and, and he's getting an, either nothing or he's getting a rah-rah speech, you know, when he should be, somebody should be telling him something technically, right? Well, you got it. I mean, you got to say, hey, look, this guy's dropping his left. He's circling this way. You got to go here. You got to cut the ring off. You got to deliver him. He's, he's vulnerable to an uppercut when he comes in. You know, so you got, you have got to look at that. You've got to constantly and see what your fighter's not seeing. And then you've got to point those things out. That's exactly what that minute rest in between is all about, to try and uh, feed, give them some feedback and uh, keep them on, the, on an even keel. Yeah, I, you know, here's one thing I will tell you in this fight, and it's in Andre Ward's favor. The element of surprise is already out of the bag. I mean, Andre Ward is going to expect, you know, he knows the power he knows what uh, what what uh, what he what he that that he knows what he's going to be facing, in other words. And Andre Ward, I'm sure, being a smart fighter, he's prepared for the kind of uh, 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 offense that uh, Kovalev is going to offer. That he believes that he will be the same as the first fight. And Kovalev, like I said, the first night we talked about it, he's got to cut that ring off. He's got to be aggressive. He's got to throw punches and bunches and he's got to be able to to take that pedal and keep it down on the floor when he's got Andre Ward hurt if he does get him hurt again you know I, I, listen he's got to do more than just cut the ring off he's got to he's got to yeah. cut the ring off and then be able to you know uh, land punches he was cutting the ring off in the last fight but he wasn't doing anything with it the one no. thing I think we're going to see different in this fight is that, you know, and we'll have plenty of time to break this one down. It's just that, you know, because it's in the news, we're, we're talking about it. But, um, you know, what I think is going to happen is I think that Andre Ward, for some reason in the first fight, uh, thought that he has become a power puncher, you know, and, and he tried to slug it with uh, slug it out with, with Kovalev. He really did. He fought in the pocket a lot more in the first fight than I thought he would. I don't expect to see that in the second yes. fight. I expect no. to see Ward... Uh, pulling a Mayweather, uh, you know, trying to counterpunch him, running away, running away and staying, uh, you know, out of harm's way. And and I think there's going to be more pressure uh, on Kovalev to successfully cut the ring off and uh, and and deliver some blows. I mean, uh, you know, uh, if not, we're going to see. An, uh, do I need to use the word anticlimactic rematch where, you know, Ward is. Uh, is trying to just pick his shots and 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 score enough uh, punches just just to win. I mean, uh, do you see that happening? We got a minute before the break. Yeah, I could see Ward look at that strategy, and like I just uh, in, inserted, I think you know, Lord could uh, Ward could take the uh, playbook from Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran too. You know, when uh, when uh, because Ward did, did get in pocket and he tried to tie up Kovalev. And uh, he was fighting a fight Taylor made for Kovalev to win. I mean, he was inside. He was within punching distance. And I think this time around, I believe he's going to stand on the outside and try and box and pick him apart and do what he has to do to avoid being uh, being uh, cornered and, and hit with those hard punch punches. So, yeah, he, he could come out like Sugar Ray Leonard against Roberto Duran, too. 
but we'll see what happens. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll finish up that uh, thought. I got uh, some stuff on uh, Miguel Cotto uh, signing a multi-fight deal with uh, Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy. I, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. I, it's a boy who cried wolf. Who, who, why would you sign with Miguel Cotto? He's he's so. I mean, no disrespect to Miguel. I I, I love the the warrior uh, in Miguel Cotto, but the but the diva in Miguel Cotto. I mean, this is a guy that doesn't follow through with contracts. I mean, he's done it multiple times. You know, most recently with Rock Nation. So uh, hold that thought. We will be back in uh, about two minutes. So. Uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. Don't forget, if you are uh, watching live uh, and you want to interact with the show and possibly get your uh, uh, comments discussed on air, you got to go into the chat room on uh, BillyCBoxing.com. It's got some great people in there, and uh, uh, you can uh, also uh, get your stuff read uh, on air. But... Uh, Anyway, I'm here with Sal Rocky Senecola drinking his uh, coffee as we speak right there uh, and uh, with his customized Billy C. mug. But, uh, you know, there, I'm getting some comments here, Sal, on, uh, um, you know, uh, on the on the fight itself. And, and uh, some people think that Kovalev uh, is going to steal this one. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, that Ward will uh, steal this one again. Uh, in the chat room, uh, the guys were saying that, you know, he's a master of, uh, of stealing fights. And, uh, I mean, his undefeated record, uh, the fact that during the Super 6, he fought the best opposition out there. Uh, I think his, uh, you know, I think his career speaks volumes, you know, when you just look at the boxing part. Again, uh, my hang-up uh, with him is, is his diva-ism, but... Uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, like the old saying Al Davis used to say from the Oakland Raiders, just win, baby. And I think that's uh, Andre Ward's uh, MO. What do you think? Hey, you know, and that's the best MO to have because the bottom line is that's what you're in that ring for, to win. And uh, you put all the, you put your blinders on, you have a mission, you go in there, and you fight to win. And uh, that's, I do respect Andre Ward very much about that because he, like I said, I thought he was going to be knocked out or not able to answer the bell for the sixth round of that first fight. And to his credit, he turned it right around. And he came out, he figured it out, and he may be capable of doing the very same if uh, Kovalev doesn't jump on him and, and get his respect and hurt him right away. <clears throat> um, <laughs> you're breaking up, my man. I, I, could hard, I, I just heard half really? of what you were saying. Well, not right then but uh it's has nothing to do with what you're working on now but uh let's talk a little about miguel cotto uh yes. four division uh world champion uh nobody can argue about his accomplishments in the sport of boxing and as i'm criticizing uh 
Andre Ward for being uh, the biggest diva in boxing? Well, Miguel Cotto is right there next to him because uh, Miguel Cotto has become uh, a diva himself. Uh, now, uh, you know, yes, does he draw? Yeah, yeah, he can he can draw pretty well. I, I've seen some of his artwork. No, 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 I meant drawing <laughs> fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. he draws uh, fans, I think, way better than Andre Ward. And, you know, I'm not going to criticize a fighter for trying to make as much money as they can, etc. But Miguel Cotto has been, he's like, you know, he's like what I talk about a lot with, with fighters and contracts and, and all sports athletes and contracts. You, know, you sign a contract, in my opinion, the negotiation part is prior to putting your name on the contract, prior to putting the ink on the paper, you know, and then once you sign it, you got to follow through because when you break a contract or when you bail out of a contract uh, for other reasons, uh, you know, it, it, it hurts everyone involved, not only the fighters, in, in this case, the fighters and the promoters, but the fans as well. With that said, in case you didn't know, Rock Nation and Miguel Cotto had signed a three-fight deal worth $50 million. And in addition to that, uh, it, there was also a some kind of a deal where uh, Miguel Cotto Promotions would be involved with uh, some the music business. Uh, now, Miguel Cotto had fought two of the three fights that were outlined in the Rock Nation contract, one being... Uh, a layup fight the other one being the fight against Canelo Alvarez and he has not fought again now the fight that he's got scheduled coming up in August uh, against uh, Yoroshi Kamagagi was supposed to be the third fight under the Rock Nation deal but as we heard uh, a couple weeks ago he uh, got out of the contract he uh, you know didn't want to fill through left camp did the whole thing, Rock Nation cut him loose, or whatever the deal was, a lot of the details were not released, and it was announced yesterday that, uh, well, it was announced uh, after that that he indeed was fighting on August 26th at, in, Ca- in California at the StubHub Center against the same opponent, uh, Kamagagi, uh, and uh, yesterday it was announced that Miguel Cotto signed a multi-fight deal with Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions beginning with that fight, which will be uh, uh, on August 26th. Uh, in addition to that, uh, rumor has it that they're looking, should Kodo get by Kamigagi, that they're looking to fight Juan Manuel Marquez against Miguel Cotto. Juan Manuel Marquez himself has been waiting and waiting and waiting. He's been out of the ring several years now, waiting for a big money fight. He refused to fight Manny Pacquiao, which was on the table, and now uh, considering to fight Miguel Cotto, so that's uh, one of the uh, tail end of the deal. Um, another part of this contract is a uh, is a unification, so to speak, between Miguel Cotto Promotions and Golden Boy, and the deal that Golden Boy has with ESPN and the uh, fights that they broadcast on ESPN. Some of these fights now will be taking place in Puerto Rico uh, on the uh, other side. So, um, does it sound good for boxing? Yes, it does. Does it sound good for Miguel Cotto? Yeah, yeah, it does. I just wonder if he's going to stick with the contract. God knows what he's going to do. And to, and I just can't help but remember that it was a couple of years ago, Miguel Cotto told us his last fight was going to be when he hit 30. What is he now, 57? I, I don't know. What's your thoughts on this, Sal? That's my 
I'm coming back too. Uh, <laughs> you know, these fighters, like I said, they, they have a certain span that they could build their legacy, build their income, and do what they have to do to promote themselves to be the best they can be. And I can't take it away from Miguel Cotto for trying to elongate his career, his success, his marketing ability and power to draw and to be paid big purses. So, you know what? He's doing what he's got to do to be in the limelight, to be in the eye, to be in a position to call for some big bucks and to elongate a career. Uh, you know, obviously he's past 30. He's not retired. And uh, he's still in the ring. So uh, I, I, I got to give him credit for that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. Again, if he just puts his hands where his mouth is and wins these fights, uh, all the power to him. I mean, I'll be pulling for him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, I don't want anybody to think that I don't like Cotto because I do, you know. I just I just have a hang-up with fighters and any athlete, for that matter, that don't follow through with their with their contracts. And um, in my opinion, oh, well, yeah. in my opinion, he had one more fight under the Rock Nation deal. He could have fulfilled it and then walked away, you know, and, and still did what he wants to do with Golden Boy. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I'm not uh, not too pleased uh, with that. But uh, I, I tell you what, I, you know, I, I am curious to hear uh, from the listeners right now, Sal. And and what will happen is if we get a call, unfortunately, you're going to get bumped off. But guess what? That might work out for you, Sal, because that will give you a chance to do what I asked you to do yesterday, and then maybe we can hear every single word that you say to us, my man. And uh, if we get a call, we'll try that. If not, we'll keep moving forward the way we are. So uh, we will open up the phone lines right now. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on two th one of two things. Number one, Kovalev talking smack. You know, is he going to back it up? Is this just, you know, a promotional ploy? And what's your thoughts of Kodo's new deal with Golden Boy? Uh, the phone line is open, 845-228-8710. Your final thoughts, Sal, on uh, Kovalev. Is he going to back up the smack or what? I think he's going to attempt to do exactly what he, he's claimed to do. He's going to go out there, and he's going to put his pedal down, and he's going to be throwing punches. He's going to look to capitalize. And, it, yeah, I think he's going to try and do what he's, what he's calling for. He's going to back it up with his fist. Um now, Andre Ward, I think, is going to be the matador in there with the bull. I think because Kovalev is going to be looking to be aggressive and be throwing those punches in bunches, and he's going to be well-conditioned, and I'm sure he's going to try and fight the second half of that fight like he didn't do the first fight. So it's going to be a good fight. I think he, in Kovalev's mind, I really think he's going to go and do what he thought he should have done the first fight. Well, I hope <laughs> I hope no, he I'm does because if he does the same thing there. in the second fight, you know, it's going to be like, uh, what are you doing? You know, I, I just there ain't going to be a third. <laughs> no, there won't be a third, right? But there could possibly be a third should he win. Yes, um, yes. You know, and I know that the purse split was lopsided for Ward in the first fight, even though he was the challenger. And we all know that it's going to be lopsided uh, here in the second one too. Uh, so phone line is open, 845-228-8710. Uh, give us a call. What's your thoughts on the Kovalev smack talk and Miguel Cotto? And Sal, speaking of Miguel Cotto, um, 
you know, a lot of people feel because uh, the details, the full details have not been uh, fully released on this. Uh, one of the key uh, par- par- parts, uh, like I said earlier, was the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Miguel Cotto will be promoting some events uh, on ESPN uh, in, uh, uh, in um, Puerto Rico, which is pretty cool. Uh, but uh, but do you think that that Miguel Cotto uh, is going to uh, stick around Golden Boy longer than than this fight and possibly the fight with Juan Manuel Marquez? I think so. I think he he possibly can. I mean, he's got a he's got a relationship here. I think, uh, and uh, he'll cultivate it where he can. If if there's going to be uh, that carrot always out there for him to grab and, and the golden ring. Yeah, why didn't you he'll probably stay with Golden Boy and see what he's got other opportunities in the future. Yeah, well, you know, how much more of a future does he have? I mean, that's 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 my question. I, he doesn't have anything le- listen, Miguel Cotto doesn't have anything to prove in this sport. You know, I I was talking about this the other day and so much in this sport, you know, the high-end athletes never know when to say when. And you know, uh, Miguel Cotto, I'm sure he's got plenty of uh, money. You know, financially, he's set. I know he's uh, maybe he's trying to get some money together for his promotional company and go in that direction. Um, you know, they're all trying to copy Floyd. Floyd uh, did the same thing. Um, but uh, but as far as inside the ring, what's left for him to prove? I mean, your own words, you know, is, is the risk worth the prize? And the prize here is a paycheck. And if you're not really needing the money, which I don't think he does, and I'm not sure, but I don't think he does, why would you risk? I mean, at, as you age, you know, you're more susceptible to, to, to brain injury. Uh, you're more susceptible to, to other forms of injury, some freak injury, uh, you know, breaking a leg or an ankle or a knee or, or busting up your hands that would prevent him from enjoying life later on, which he's no spring chicken. I mean, truthfully, the guy's got nothing left to prove, Sal. No, he doesn't, except to himself. And like I said, a lot of fighters, they're they're their own worst opponent. Who knows what demons he may have or whatever. And who knows what his pocketbook's looking like, you know? These guys spend money like it's going to be there forever, and sometimes they got to do it. So it's uh, only he knows what he is motivated by and – whether it's monetarily speaking, or he thinks he can further capitalize and uh, on a career and put an extra uh, signature to his name, there, I I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. Like Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao. I told you the only fight that made sense for him to come back for was to, to fight Floyd Mayweather. And look at this, he's still hanging around, fighting everybody else, or, or talking about fighting different guys. And like I said, he's got nothing else to prove either. Yet he's here and. You know, one fighter to another. It, it, it's it's something you have a hard time closing that book and that chapter. And you rationalize to yourself. And you try to say to yourself, well, I could do this yet. Or I, I, I will stay around till I get that done. Or I do that. And you know what? It, one thing leads to another. It's very, very hard to close that book permanently. You know, I, what do you got to what do you got a camera in here and 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 seeing the show notes of of what we're doing because that was a great segue to what i want to bring up right now manny pacquiao manny pacquiao um the difference with man and i agree with what you just said 
I, Manny Pacquiao doesn't have anything left to prove either. The only fight that I thought that I want to see him, just like you, was a rematch with Mayweather because I couldn't stand the fact that Pacquiao made excuses after that fight. I can't stand when a fighter says, I don't want to make an excuse, but, and then as soon as that but, but happened, oh, geez, here comes the excuse. Here we go. And, and that's what he said. You know, oh, uh, my know. shoulder. Uh, he's, more or less, he went, uh, my shoulder, I, my, I hurt my shoulder. I, you know, I couldn't do it. You know, I mean, give me a, you know, if, if you don't, if, if you're not 100% in the biggest fight of your career, in the biggest money-making fight of your career against arguably, you know, one of the best fighters of his generation in Floyd Mayweather, you don't make the fight. You don't fight. You put it off. So what? You're pissing people off. So what? Floyd Mayweather would have never have gotten in that ring if he wasn't 100%. You could bet the yeah. ranch on that, okay? If this is the most important fight of your career and you suffer a legitimate injury like Manny Pacquiao did, you postpone the fight. If you are worried about not getting the fight, well, you know what? Floyd Mayweather had 200 million reasons to let you postpone the fight. You know, so come on. I don't want to hear the excuse. But nonetheless, we heard it. And then there's a bunch of people that have the audacity to say that he won the fight. You know, that, that Pacquiao actually won the fight, which was, a uh, yes, was it anticlimactic? Was it one of the most boring fights of that I've ever had to sit through? Yes. You know, is Floyd Mayweather the bo most boring fighter I've ever had to watch over and over and over? Yes. But that still doesn't change the fact that Floyd won the fight. So Manny Pacquiao was crying like a girl and uh, making excuses all the way, uh, and he still is. Now, with that said, uh, you know, one thing I love about fights taking place outside of the United States is the live gates. The live gates elsewhere are huge. In Europe, we talk about it all the time. In Canada, they do very well. Uh, you know, it's just in the United States, we're lazy, man. We'd rather sit home and watch it on our couch drinking a scotch. Oh, wait a minute. That's me. <laughs> I like to watch it on my couch drinking a scotch. But the truth of the matter is, is uh, it's the truth. Now, Manny Pacquiao has already sold uh, for his fight. Uh, well, I should say he and Jeff Horn. Uh, it's been reported that they've already sold uh, over 40,000 tickets uh, for this arena that uh, can hold uh, over 55,000. So they're almost uh, there to the sold-out point. You bring up a point about Manny Pacquiao fighting Mayweather. The difference between the Cotto fight here and, and Mayweather's BS fight with, with Conor McGregor and all this stuff is Manny Pacquiao is still relevant to the welterweight division. He happens to hold one of the belts. Maybe this fight against Jeff Horn isn't the fight we wanted, but he's still in the mix. My question, Sal, should he get by this fight and should Mayweather not want to fight him uh, You know, for his 50th fight or whatever, his 50th win? Um, does Manny Pacquiao continue? Does he go after a Keith Thurman or an Errol Spence? Because let's face it, that's what this sport always likes to see. A champion of, you know, an era that, that dominated the sport, and, you know, Manny Pacquiao certainly did, take on a young guy who's on his way up. Can the old champion still be competitive with the young gun? My question to you is, does Manny Pacquiao follow that path, or does he uh, keep fighting the Jeff Horns of the world? Wow, that's a good question.
Uh, first of all, I'll tell you what, in all due respect to Manny Pacquiao, and I do respect him, I do appreciate him, he's a talented fighter, a warrior. I, I think also he's fighting well above what God intended him to be. I mean, heavier, what I'm trying to say. Uh, welterweight here and there. Uh, I, I, I think he was more effective and, and better as a lighter fighter. Lighter fighter. That's kind of funny. But I think uh, I think now if he's playing with the big boys, uh, again, what does he have to prove? Uh, uh, I, I really have no interest to really watch too many of Manny Pacquiao's fights other than if he was to fight Floyd Mayweather. And I said that night in my restaurant when we watched that fight. I was so disenchanted with that fight and the result and effort that I saw or lack thereof from Manny Pacquiao. I said, I will never buy the fight to bring in here if they have a rematch. I negate that saying, and I would bring that in because uh, I'd want to see that after all is said and done. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, Manny Pacquiao, he's got to also answer to himself and look in the mirror and say, hey, what do I really want to do now? Do I want to beat up or do I want to fight the Jeff Horns or do I want to go after the Keith Thurmans? And what is that going to do for me in the future? You know, like I said, his only fight that I would want to see him doing is the Floyd Mayweather fight. That's only, it. Only because, and I agree with you, and a lot of people are very adamant about not wanting to see that fight, Sal. But the only, yeah. reason, the only reason why I want to see that fight is because I want, to, I want Manny to shut up. I want, yeah. he, I want him to be 100%. And if the same boring fight occurs... And Floyd Mayweather, uh, you know, fights his safety first and, and lands his one or two punches and runs to the other end of the ring, and he does it again for 12 rounds and beats Manny again. I want to hear Manny say that Floyd was the better man tonight. I want to hear Manny say it. I don't want to hear Manny say, I was robbed or, or I thought I won the fight or I injured myself. I don't want to hear an excuse. And I certainly would hope that Floyd Mayweather, as much as, as I respect his accomplishments in the ring, everyone that watches this show, everyone that knows me personally knows that I can't stand Floyd Mayweather, the man, because I think he's uh, not the greatest human being on the planet. But I would hope that should Floyd Mayweather lose if he fought, and this is the whole thing, Floyd doesn't fight the challenging fights. That's why he doesn't lose. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, is, you know, he may never have to step in the ring again. But should Floyd give Mayweather a rematch, I mean, uh, uh, Pacquiao a rematch, and if, a big if, and you said 100 times that you felt that if Manny and Floyd fought 100 times that Floyd would win 99 out of 100. And if, if I Pac do feel if, that way. You know, I know. If Pacquiao happened to have won, or even if Floyd gets knocked out by Conor McGregor, which will never happen. I, I mean, uh, you know, having Santa Claus come over and, and having a couple of drinks, which is more, uh, uh, you know, uh, possible than that. But but, but the truth, Yeah, having some eggnog. And he brings, and guess what? He's bringing the Easter Bunny with him too. But, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is, I would be, I would love to see if Floyd did ever come up on a losing end that he would be respectful and give the credit that credit is due to another fighter. When you just say, simply, Sal, so-and-so was the better man or woman tonight. Well, you know, that. I mean, Floyd does smack around a lot of women, So, but, uh, but I didn't mean that. I meant, you know, if it's a female fight. But all they got to do is give the fighters the credit they deserve, right? 
That's all. That's it. You know, put up, shut up. Give the fighters the credit where they deserve. And uh, all is said and done. And there's peace in the world. Not really. But <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true, my, my friend. You know, it's uh, it's just curious. It just makes me think about, um, you know, these guys and, and the mindset. You know, we do have a, a, a bunch of young fighters that seemingly want to make the big fights. Errol Spence is one of them. Anthony Joshua is another. Uh, even Keith Thurman, for, for the most part. Sean Porter has always wanted to fight the fights. Uh, you know, Canelo uh, uh, had the opportunity uh, to fight the fights uh, earlier, but he finally uh, grew to hairs and, and signed to fight Triple G. Uh, will that have proved his, his delay in that Triple G fight? Will it prove to have been a smart move? Only time will tell. We'll see what kind of performance Triple G uh, has. So we, we do seem to have uh, an influx of, of new young fighters that, that follow the mindset that you and I and a lot of other boxing fans uh, hope that they want to fight the challenging fight, something that we haven't seen, um, you know, really, uh, if you're going to say that Floyd Mayweather was the, the top guy uh, of his era, well, then we can also safely say that we haven't seen uh, the top guy challenge himself. We really haven't. And uh, I think that when fighters do do that, we, the fans, and the sport is rewarded uh, trifold. I mean, all you got to do is look at the last two fights from England, Anthony Joshua against Klitschko and Errol Spence against Kell Brook. I mean, we it, somebody would have to really uh, make a strong case to suggest that they weren't challenging fights for all of the fighters involved and the results uh, weren't great and that they all lived up to the hype, right? Oh, that's 100% true. And uh, I'll tell you, well, I, I've become a big fan of watching the uh, boxing from the UK. And uh, the, just the environment there, the atmosphere is just, uh, just uh, stellar, really is. And those fights were stellar. And you are right. We have a lot of young boxers Bucks come up here that have that warrior mentality that want to fight the best. So hopefully it'll translate and it'll continue to grow, and we'll see these fighters doing that. And I'm telling you, Billy C, don't discount. You may be you may be giving Mayweather some praise because you know what? I I'm still gonna be hoping he gets up in that ring after the Canelo Alvarez and the Triple G fight and say he wants that winner. And uh, <laughs> I know it's a fight. Oh, I come on! Come on! What but, What are you starting? Is it? Are, are, are you Are you I'm, filling us no. in on your stand up routine? Because Floyd Mayweather would never, never, ever do something that classy and challenging. He just uh, he wouldn't do it. Floyd Mayweather's whole career, Sal, has been built upon successfully moving his career, marketing his brand, and taking on the fights that offer him the least amount of risk for the maximum reward. That is Floyd Mayweather's career in a nutshell. And to suggest that he, especially at 40 years old, listen, we read the quotes a, a couple of weeks ago when Floyd said, listen, I could school Triple G, so therefore I don't have to fight him. What kind of BS is that? I have never heard. So, and and all of his, you know, Sal, you know how to get my blood pressure going, man. You, I you do, really I do. do. But let, <laughs> Sorry, let me just say this. Sorry, man. All of the fans 
that follow suit and agree with Floyd Mayweather. They say, oh, yeah, Floyd Mayweather could school Triple Z, so he doesn't even have to fight him. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, if, if, if I said I could beat King Kong and I, therefore I don't have to fight him, who's going to listen? You know, give me a break. You can't just say, that's why you fight the fights. You know, you got to go in there. You want to prove you're great. And this is my hang-up, Sal. You notice all the great fighters in the history of boxing have all done exactly that. They have come out. They've challenged the big fights. They've done things out of the ordinary. They've thunk outside the box because they want to prove that they're special. Floyd has done nothing to prove he's special except his defensive style in the ring, and the fact that he's undefeated. That's it. And there's so many fighters. All you got to do is go in the chat room. My man Coach will start listing 100 fighters. Maybe not 100, but at least 20 fighters that started out their careers more than 50-0 and 0 before losing the first fight. The only significance that Floyd has right now is theoretically he's retired at 49-0. and 0. And if some commission gives the approval... To have Floyd Mayweather fight Conor McGregor as a sanctioned real fight that'll count as Floyd's 50th win, it's a travesty, my man. Oh, I agree with you. And that's why, that's why Billy, my, my assessment of what's been going on, like I said, I think this Conor McGregor thing is just a lot of hype, a lot of rhetoric, and a lot of, because I don't see any commission in their right mind sanctioning this kind of bout, number one. But number two, look at it. Look at it from the standpoint of logistics. Floyd Mayweather is beyond a shadow of a doubt an elitist. And he feels that he he owns the game. He owns that ring that he steps into. He already beat Canelo Alvarez. And Alvarez, yes, he is a better fighter today than when he first fought Floyd. But he already beat Canelo Alvarez. He feels he owns him, just like he feels like he can own Manny. Like I said, you fight those guys two, 100 times, Floyd's going to beat Manny 99. Now, also you look at Triple G's last couple of fights. Even though I don't think he really lost, I mean, that he really lost a lot of steps and everything else. I think he was just in, you know, with uh, good opposition and things here and there, the weight issues. I think. You know, Floyd is recognizing the fact that, hey, you know what? I could move. I could be elusive. I could do this. I could outbox him. I could shine this and that. So why isn't Floyd feeling the empowerment that, you know, I could really go to school and beat both of these guys? And that will be a hell of a signature on my 50th win. And what a payday that's going to be when I step up in the ring and I announce the world. And then, you know what? He's also going to be. I mean, think of the think of the significance, the magnitude of, of 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 that kind of fight. And like I said, in Floyd's mind, he's an elitist, and there's nobody that's gonna beat him in that squared circle. And if all the playing field is not semi-level, and he has his shots and answers to that he can call for uh, being on his side, I think he's gonna maybe step up to the plate and he's going to make that announcement or he's going to challenge somebody. I'm telling you, it makes the most sense for Floyd to do. Yeah, it makes the most sense, but Floyd's ego will prevent it. Uh, and Floyd, you know, for the money, yeah, maybe. But um, 
no. There's two, there's a possibility that the winner of Triple G and Canelo could beat Floyd. There's maybe uh, oh, yeah. a 30% chance in Floyd's mind and and really in my mind that they could beat Floyd. 30%. That's way too much of a risk for Floyd. Floyd does not fight fights unless there's a, you know, 8% or less chance of the opponent winning. And that is factoring in if Floyd trips and falls on his way into the ring or something like that. Hold that thought, Sal. We're overdue. We got to take a break. And uh, we will uh, uh, we'll be, uh, well, uh, we're going to be back, yeah, in two minutes. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. I want to thank uh, all of the uh, Facebook Live viewers uh, on our uh, Facebook page. We've uh, been jumping around. Uh, we have multiple Facebook accounts. So we've been jumping around the uh, Facebook uh, pages. And uh, we hope you're enjoying it. Just keep in mind that uh, our full-blown video version uh, with the multiple camera feeds and uh, stuff like that, same versions that the television networks get, is over on our YouTube page. So if you're looking to get more of a uh, uh, video uh, viewing experience rather than just you know yours truly and my fat face in the, in the camera, then uh, switch over to the other one. But uh, we love having you there anyway. And uh, speaking of love and having you, we got Sal Rocky Senecola on, got me all worked up he goes and refills his coffee <laughs> he goes and refills his coffee while i'm uh, ready to have a, a cardiac go into cardiac arrest because of uh, uh the comments but uh before we uh, move on i got a couple of emails and we got some sports scores to get people caught up with uh in the nh nhl stanley cup sal the penguins yes. beat the predators yesterday four to one they now take a two to nothing series lead and uh in case you guys don't know Stanley Cup is the best of seven. Magic numbers, two more wins for the Penguins to repeat uh, the Stanley Cup uh, victory. Uh, so uh, congratulations to them. Uh, Predators are a good team. Uh, they need to uh, regroup. Over in the Major League Baseball, uh, the Diamondbacks uh, beat the Pirates in a, in a back-and-forth game that took 14 innings to decide the winner. Uh, D-backs won 6-5. Uh, the Blue Jays beat the Reds 5-4. The Astros Man, is this team putting up some runs or what? 17-6 to over the wow. Minnesota Twins. Uh, the Marlins beat the Phillies 10-2. The Padres beat the Cubbies 2-1. A's over the Indians 3-1. Uh, the Orioles got back at your Yankees 10-4. They beat the Yankees yesterday. Uh, the uh, wow. Tampa Bay Rays, remember, we can't say Devil Rays anymore. Uh, the Rays beat the Rangers 7-5 in 10 innings. The Red Sox beat the White Sox in the Battle of the Sox, four to one. The Cardinals uh, topped the Dodgers two to one. Tigers over the Royals six to five. The Angels over the Braves two to one. The Mariners shut out the Rockies 
five to nothing. And the uh, Nationals beat the Giants three to one. And uh, as far as my hapless Mets, they had won three in a row. Well, they're back to their loser. I, did I say loser? I meant losing ways. Uh, seven to one. How bad was it yesterday? First of all, our best pitcher, uh, and I say are because, yes, I am a disgruntled Met fan. Uh, our best pitcher this year so far, Jacob DeGrom, was on the mound. It was like he was throwing batting practice to the Brewers. No disrespect to the Brewers, but they're not exactly a big, uh, you know, badass team. They beat them at 7-1. But it got so bad that, listen to this, Sal. How the, bad did it get? How bad did it get? Yeah, that's a good <laughs> I was waiting for that. Hey, let's, let's, let's do a take two. Hey, Sal. The Met game got so bad. How bad did it get? All right. How bad did it get? I'm funny you should ask. It got so bad that the Mets mascot, Mr. Met, the guy with the baseball for a head, flipped yeah. the bird. Now, they're in. They're at City Field, okay? They're in City Field, <laughs> which is the home. He flips the bird to the fans as he's leaving because they were trying. <laughs> no way. Yes. No it way. was all caught on video. It's up on uh, uh, up on the internet right now. Uh, some fans were asking him for his autograph or made a comment or something, and he turns around, he flips from the bird, and, of course, it's all caught on camera. So, uh, you know, wow. and the Mets already issued a statement about it. They said, hey, whoa, whoa, by the way, uh, a lot of people <laughs> wear this. this guy. We said, disavow him. <laughs> well, here's what they said, which you don't know, which I, it was it, it was actually a genius response. They said, He's subcontracted. Hey, no, no, listen. They go, listen, uh, Mr. Met, uh, there's several different people uh, wear the Mr. Met costume, uh, which me and they said, so the guy that we're not going to divulge who it was, but the guy who was wearing the Mr. Met costume yesterday, he's fired. So how do we know? We've never seen the guy under the baseball, right? I mean, how do we know? Uh, you know, for all we know, Mr. Met was uh, Noel Syndergaard, you know, Noah Syndergaard, or he was an injured reserve, you know, for all we know, it was, it was, um, you know, uh, anybody, it could have been you, Sal, you could, could where were you, hey, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a bad fan, I, I could have done, I want to know, I know, but maybe that's why you were donning it, flip, flipping off the fans, you know, where were you yesterday during the game, I, I want to know where you were, you, you have an alibi <laughs> or what? No, I don't have an alibi, that's, that's so ironic. I disappeared for a while. There you go, and you got you got baseball. I, I took my Learjet. You got baseball stitch marks on your head or what? Come on, were you wearing that? Come on, but that's how sad the Mets are. Even the mascot is getting frustrated. But uh, anyway, I got I got it. What were you gonna say? I got an email. I, I got one question. How come we can't say devil rays anymore? It's not politically correct. I know. What, okay, then I got another question for you. Whatever happened to the little? cake we used to eat as kids called devil dog is that still around <laughs> devil dogs you know uh i love devil dogs they gotta be <laughs> I frozen love devil dogs. They, they, they dunk them in the milk well i like i like them frozen i i like you Me know too. you know like you know too. it's funny i like all of that kind of stuff frozen you know like they uh they still make them yeah i think they still make them they're just called they still call them devil dogs they no call them dogs. no they call them they call them d dogs now. Dog. no they call them dogs with the chocolate and cream in the middle oh wait that might offend somebody that no. might offend somebody you know we've become a bunch of i, I tell you this this uh, the world today is a bunch of wimps you know and uh and, and yet the tough guys at a sport of boxing you know the corner men and the fans call guys like kel brook a quitter 
know, and and you know they call him a quitter. He's got a broken eye socket to match his other broken eye socket, and he's a quitter. You know, I mean, come on, uh, MMA they could tap out, you know, and and quit without getting any kind of repercussions. But uh, anyway, we got some uh, emails, so let's uh, let's get to the point with those. This first one is from Jesse. He says, "Hey Billy C and Sal," he says, "What's your thoughts?" on uh, Umar uh, Salomov uh, against uh, Damian Hooper uh, on the undercard of Manny Pacquiao-Jeff Horn. Um, Salomov is a uh, undefeated uh, light heavyweight. He's 19-0 and 0 with uh, 14 knockouts. He's six foot three. He's 22 wow, years old. Uh, yeah, he's uh, 22 uh, years old. Now, he has fought good opponents it looks very good on paper uh when i mean by that the guys have uh, good records and everything else and, and and he started off um you know uh, his career really fighting a, a better than garbage opposition his best fight was actually his last one against uh, emil uh, markic uh, who was 24 and 1 i think that was his best fight to date but the problem is who the hell is Emil Markic? You know, I mean, um, when you look at uh, a lot of the names on his resume, I don't know who they are. You know, and, and I'm following this sport more than most, you know, uh, probably more than most, most. I, I don't know. You know, uh, the, the amount of research that goes into uh, doing a show like this uh, is, is uh, hard for you guys to comprehend, I'm sure. But the truth of the matter is, I never heard of half of these fighters. And I follow um, the sport outside the U.S. 100%. I, I love the European, uh, you know, uh, uh, fighters. I, I say it all the time. I think uh, specifically, I think the, the U.K. and Canada carries uh, the sport of boxing on its back. Uh, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, Solomon, he's ranked by the computer at number 16. Now, as far as Damian Hooper... He's a young fighter. He's got a very impressive record, 12-1 and one with eight knockouts. Um, he's six foot tall. He's 25 years old. Uh, he's fought clearly the weaker opposition, um, but his last fight was also his best. He won an eight-round decision over uh, Nader Habdan, and Habdan uh, uh, was uh, an experienced fighter at 44 wins, 12 losses, and a draw, so it was a good test for Hooper. Um the thing is, is when you look at the computer ranking, which I like, um, he's ranked at uh, number 81. So I believe that the rankings in this case uh, by the computer, which is based on a level of opposition, etc., cetera, um, tell the story of what this fight really is. This fight is a showcase fight for uh, Solomov. And uh, I wouldn't bet any money on Damian Hooper. So that's what I think uh, about that one. Uh, he says, uh, in regard, uh, oh, I'm sorry, he says, uh, Billy, looks like Connor, uh, looks like Connor McGregor against Floyd is going to happen. But Dana White came out to criticize Oscar for Oscar's open letter to the fans. He called him a hypocrite because Oscar once challenged Connor to fight Canelo. And Oscar mentioned that uh, that fight would have ended up in a KO. Uh, Jesse says, I believe any fighter. Uh, will knock out Connor, uh, but I see Floyd milking the fight more than Canelo. Canelo will definitely go right for the knockout. What's your thoughts? We are going to talk about the uh, 
uh, criticisms uh, that Dana White laid on uh, um, Oscar De La Hoya here in a few minutes. Um, Floyd does not go for chaos. Floyd is not an engaging fighter. If this fight happens, which I, I pray that it doesn't, um, you know, I, I see Floyd doing what Floyd does. You know, whether you like Floyd or not, Floyd is a disciplined fighter. Floyd is disciplined from the time he wakes up in the morning when he's training uh, right through the fight. You're not going to see Floyd get coaxed into the type of fight that gives Conor McGregor the least remote chance of catching Floyd with a shot and ending the fight. So therefore, I say this, boys and girls, don't spend a penny on this fight because what it would be if it happens is Conor McGregor, like a caveman, trying to get Floyd in a position where he can land a punch and Floyd using his boxing skill to uh, avoid that and just pitter-pat him one or two shots here and there and circle around him, and that's what you're going to see for 12 rounds. He says, in regard of Spence not fighting, uh, not ready for a guy like Thurman or Porter or even Manny, is that those guys really have forgotten, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he says those guys have fought uh, better opposition than Spence. The only real top fighter Spence fought was Brooke. I just think he might get mauled by those guys like Broner got beaten, even though Spence is a lot better. I just don't hear those names, Thurman, Porter, and Manny say they'll fight him, but then they won't. Uh, Thurman called out Spence, so make it happen, stop all the talk. Sal, you and I talked about this um, uh, several times already, but, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is when you're a champion, you're ready for the big time. You know, this whole he's still developing, he's not ready for the fight. No, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And as far as guys like Manny Pacquiao, uh, you know, Thurman, uh, you know, these guys, you know, they're not calling out Errol Spence. You know what? The truth of the matter is, is, if Manny Pacquiao, just like we just said, if he continues fighting, I want to see him fight a guy like uh, Errol Spence. I mean, what, what's your thoughts uh, on uh, him not being ready and if these guys want to fight him? You know my thoughts. Because once you are a champion, you, you play that title fight and you win that championship, you got to be ready to face the number one ranked contender in the world or the top opposition that you're going to be facing. You have no excuses. You go to school where you have to to learn a, a, how to counter and offset a style. What I mean by going to school, it's nothing you, you you already don't know. It's just how you're going to use your offense to, to get through their defense and how you're going to fight your, your, your with this uh, with, the, with, the, with the opponent coming up in your, in your horizon. So I, I, I think once you are a world champion, you can't turn away or duck or, or, or avoid any other fighter that earns the right to go for your title as you earn the right to fight for the title. You can't. No, no. Um, he says, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Andre Ward's team trying to talk to uh, John David Jackson, the ex-trainer for Kovalev, who's training Kovalev now? Um yeah, well, you know what? I, I don't have any problem with that. You know, I mean, uh, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, uh, Kovalev's team uh, uh, fired him. And, uh, hey, he's, he can do what he wants. You know, if uh, if he wants to, uh, you know, divulge some information, I, I don't know. 
You know, listen, I think Hunter, Virgil Hunter, is, is the most overrated trainer in the sport of boxing. He happens to have a, a very skilled fighter in Andre Ward. Uh, but uh, any information can help them uh, with their game plan. I, you know, it is what it is. As far as who's training Kovalev right now, I, I really don't know. You know, uh, I thought it was a, a guy f that had worked with him before, but, uh, but I don't know. Thanks for the email. Uh, Jesse, uh, we got another email. Uh, this one is for, from uh, Joel. He says, uh, hey, Billy C. and Sal, I want to ask you guys uh, uh, both, uh, when Mike Tyson knocked out Clifford uh, 18 back in 2003 in his last victory, did you both happen to find that that fight was fixed? It seemed odd how Enteen went down and removed his mouth guard and lay there motionless with his eyes closed. Then as the ref is counting him out, Mike Tyson picks him up and they embrace and Clifford seems fine. I never got the story on that, but it looked suspicious to me. What do you guys think? Um, uh, I'll let you answer that first, Sal. What, what did you think? Was it fixed? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I, I'd hate to think it and said that there there was a fix there uh i i doubt it i don't think or have anything really to believe uh you know it's often like uh uh rumored that michael spinks when he took that shot from mike tyson he kind of laid in that corner and and uh possibly could have gotten up but he decided hey you know what we're gonna have a short night you know those are all stories and rumors but uh you only the fighter knows and uh who, who uh, unless unless uh, there was some predetermined outcome uh, that was released or, or someone laid claim to, no, I, I have no reason to believe that that fight was ever a fix. I know that the fighter could have chosen to stay down after he felt the power of Mike Tyson land on his head. Uh, he said, you know what, I'm not going to get up, but I don't think there was a predetermined or choreographed uh, outcome before the before the outcome happened. Well, uh, Clifford, uh, the Black Rhino, um, was uh, a, a guy that had a suspect chin, and uh, I agree with Sal. I, I There's nothing think... suspect about it now. <laughs> no, well, he's in jail now. But uh, um, you know, the 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 thing is, is or he was. The thing is, is I don't believe that it was fixed. Um, I, I really don't, uh, as far as the Michael Spinks, Mike, Michael Spinks was, was he, the fight was over before he got to the ring. Uh, that, that, was. That, that image, <laughs> that image of him walking, uh, to the, uh, to the ring that night will forever be burnt in my mind because the fear that was on his face could not be hidden. He 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 lost that fight uh, before the bell sounded to ring the the to start the first round and the fight. He just mentally was scared to death to get in there with Mike Tyson, and so was every other fighter until Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson. Once Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson and the unbeatable was beaten, then everybody uh, was able to. Uh, uh, you know they were able to get in there without fear, and the end. The rest is history. Is once my official opinion on the Clifford N team fight. No, I do not think it was fixed. I just think that Mike Tyson, even a faded Mike Tyson, still possessed power. What he didn't possess 
was uh, was the determination and the heart. I mean, he just he lost interest in fighting. Uh, the real Mike Tyson, the the fragile Mike Tyson, if you will, was exposed, and uh, and he didn't. He it basically he just didn't want to do it anymore. You know, when asked recently if he'd ever come back uh, for for big big bucks, and he was offered a lot of money, millions of dollars, to to make a comeback fight, uh, he said no, and he said it doesn't matter about the money. If they offered me a hundred million dollars, I wouldn't do it. And the reason he said was because I don't want to get beat up anymore. And I think that that quote from Mike Tyson speaks volumes. Uh, and it could also be fuel for uh, Joel to think that the fight was fixed, Sal. <laughs> well, sure, I, it does. But, uh, you know, you know, some fighters, they, know, they never know when to quit. Some fighters, they know when it's done. You know, they, they have nothing more in the tank. They don't have the incentive reward. And, yeah, they know they're going to be a punching bag or, or be vulnerable to become a punching bag. And no, nobody wants that. And nope. Mike Tyson surely doesn't want to be remembered for that because he's a, he's still a warrior. I still have that image. And you're right. When when Michael Spinks was going into that ring, he might as well have been going to his executioner because he looked like he 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 didn't want to go up those steps. No, it did look like he was heading. He <laughs> did look like he was heading for the for the gallows, you know. But uh, yeah. but uh, anyway. Hey, listen, let's take a short break. When I come back, we got Dana White um, with his criticism we'll talk about. And uh, we got the trivia question coming up. We got a lot of stuff. So, uh, Sal, uh, don't go nowhere. Uh, and neither nowhere. should any of you guys go anywhere because uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back in two. Billy Z will be right back. Part of the Billy Z Boxing Network. Check out BillyZBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C Show and watching it too. I'm glad you could uh, be with us today. And uh, I'm here with uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola, who's uh, oh he is there. Oh, I looked over. I, I saw the camera feed. You looked like you were. I was like oh, oh well I guess uh, I guess he's he's kind of there um, he's uh, we'll apologize for him uh <clears throat> breaking up a little bit today he's uh, stuttering he's stuttering a little today yeah he's uh he's stuttering a little bit today but uh uh we can uh we could blame technology on that but uh, sal dana white and you know who dana white is he's the ufc big cheese uh he went out uh yesterday he went outside for a change no <laughs> he went out and uh criticized Oscar De La Hoya. Remember when uh, we read Oscar De La Hoya's open letter to the boxing fans concerning the uh, proposed and projected fight that's going to be announced at some point between Conor McGregor and uh, and Floyd Mayweather, and he said that uh, you know the um, what he said was that um, Oscar De La Hoya, his criticism of the potential fight between Mayweather and Conor McGregor is the weirdest thing he's ever seen. 
in any promotion. He's, he also mentioned that he felt that Oscar De La Hoya was hypocritical uh, because uh, of the fact that he did uh, offer to have a fight between uh, Canelo Alvarez and uh, Conor McGregor. Um, you know, my, my the bottom line is this. This fight really is not for boxing fans, if, if you think about it, Sal. It's not for the fan because there's not one boxing fan out there that I've spoken to about this fight that wants to see it. But what people, the people that have talked to me that say that they want it are the marginal fan, the, the regular fan, the guy that talks around the water cooler on Monday about the big game or the Super Bowl or, or you know, the big sports uh, events. That's the people that are attracted to this fight because it's news. I also think that there's a, a number of UFC fans or MMA fans in general that want to see the fight because they believe that their guy, Conor McGregor, could beat Floyd Mayweather. Um, I, I think it's a circus. And, uh, you know, as far as being critical of Oscar De La Hoya, I agreed with Oscar De La Hoya's letter. Whether he was, you know, being hypocritical or not is neither here nor there. This fight, I've said it once, and I'll say it a million times, Sal, if it were an exhibition, I have no problem with it, none whatsoever. But as a real fight, it can't happen. And it's going to be curious uh, to see which commission, presumably Nevada, allows it to happen. And if they do, we all know that they're going to make several million dollars for their uh, you know, boxing uh, programs uh, because of it. But I just feel that they would be hypocritical by approving or disapproving fights for various reasons and then all of a sudden approving a pro debut fighter against arguably uh, one of the top, if not the top, fighters of his era and a first ballot Hall of Famer in Floyd Mayweather. What's your thoughts on the uh, criticisms from Dana White on Oscar De La Hoya and uh, the interest level in this fight itself? I, like I said, I have no interest in this fight uh, between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. I hope it never gets sanctioned, and I really have no—I I don't want to say it. It has nothing, nothing relative to boxing, and uh, nothing relevant in that sense with, with the with the magnitude or or lack thereof. You know, uh, like I said, Conor McGregor—he's a great MMA fighter. Stay with the MMA. If Floyd was going to cross over to MMA, fine. Let them fight on MMA terms. If it was going to be an exhibition, fine. Let it be uh, sanctioned as an exhibition fight. But as a professional boxing match, counting on Floyd Mayweather's record, no way. It should not be done. And, you know, Dana can keep his comments to himself, too. He's just looking to make the money out of it, too, and everything else. But I, I don't think it should happen. Not as a real fight. Not as a real not fight. Not as a real fight. Not as a real fight. Like I said, the only thing I want to see is if Floyd Mayweather wants to cross over into MMA, go ahead. Make my day. I don't care. Or if they want to make it an exhibition, yeah, fine. That'll be nice too. But uh, as a sanctioned, real professional bout, no, it does not deserve or warrant to be there. No, and I, you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Nevada State Athletic Commission, assuming it's going to be there, or even because uh, we all know that Conor McGregor is already licensed uh, in um, the state of California. So it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, they're they're getting their ducks in a row. Um, whatever commission is going to approve it, 
I know there's a lot of money on the line to to not approve it, but um, for the integrity of a sport that gets black eyes all the time anyway uh, and has constantly been, uh, you know, uh, people crying to have it, you know, made illegal again, um, boxing doesn't need this. And for people that think that Floyd is doing this to prove that he's the best in both, uh, you know, arenas, whatever, he's doing it for the money, and he's doing it for the fact that it's an easy fight. Listen, no disrespect to Conor McGregor. No disrespect to Conor McGregor or MMA or the UFC or anybody that actually thinks that Conor McGregor has a a legitimate shot against Floyd Mayweather. He does not. Floyd Mayweather will, you know, he used the word school against Triple G, which I don't believe would happen, but he will school Conor McGregor. You know, uh, even if they sold the fight for 1995, I wouldn't recommend anyone buying it. You know, it's going to be a joke. It's not going to be competitive. And to suggest, you know, Floyd wants all his other fighters on the undercard, which makes me think that it's going to be a totally legit card, you know, in terms of uh, the commission. Uh, Listen, we'll be the first ones to reach out to the commission, Sal, if if, whichever commission it may be that approves this fight, because I want to know where and who and why they approve it because what's the the justification and if you and if somebody's going to tell me that conor mcgregor is so successful in the ufc that's why he's never fought an organized uh, round of just boxing and that you cannot step in the ring and fight a guy like floyd mayweather specifically a defensive minded guy a guy that that avoids punches from the best punchers in the sport and expect to catch him. It just—it's not going to happen. No, no, it's not. Stephen A. Smith, who is um, Floyd Mayweather's biggest supporter, and uh, you know, uh, whatever. But uh, he tried to 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 paint a uh, kind of a, a swing on this fight. He thinks that there's no way that Conor McGregor could win the fight. But then he says, you know, he says there's no way Conor McGregor can win the fight. There's no way that, you know, Floyd thinks he's got a chance or anything else. But then he says, you know, the thing is, is Floyd might be so confident and everyone knowing so much that Conor McGregor doesn't have a chance. And he used the analogy with Tommy Hearns against Iran the Blade Barkley. He said Tommy Hearns was 10 times better of a fighter, a boxer, than Iran Barkley. And he knew that he was winning and, and knew that he could do what he wanted in there. And he got a little sloppy. And all of a sudden, the power punching Iran Barkley connected and knocked out Tommy Hearns. And with as a result, and the comparisons that he made, he says that that's what and why he gives Conor McGregor a chance of beating Floyd assuming that Floyd might get lazy or or overconfident and get caught. I think that that is just helping his friend Floyd sell the fight, Sal, because there is no way. The one thing we all know about Floyd Mayweather, aside from the fact that he likes to beat up women, is the fact that he will not take any chances. He will not 
be undisciplined in that ring. Floyd Mayweather will be 100% focused on winning the fight and being disciplined on how he knows he has to win the fight, which is to simply outbox Conor McGregor. What's your thoughts? I concur 100% with you. But you know what? I'd, I'd be hypocritical in saying that, you know, you never know any given night a fighter can be beaten. And not that that night would be Floyd Mayweather's turn to be beaten. Because uh, I think, like you do, he will do everything in his power, mind, body, and soul to not lose to Conor McGregor in any fashion, to be careless and let a punch catch him the way it could. But I do agree also. You know, we do see those one shots sometimes coming out of the <clears throat> out of the atmosphere and landing and crushing and devastating an opponent. And there is a, a can that happen? We don't know. I mean, you got 12 rounds if it's going to go that far. If it is sanctioned, and I don't even want to really talk about it because it's 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 it shouldn't be even an issue. But if it was, does Conor McGregor stand a puncher's chance? Well, yeah, he does. But will he have that chance to punch? I don't think Floyd will give it to him. So, you know, it not, it not to be um, contradictive, but, yeah, he's always got that chance to catch Floyd with a shot if, he's get, if he gets lucky or is in a position. But will Floyd give him that opportunity or be that careless? I doubt it. That's it. You know, Sal, you know I love you, right? I love but, me too. But, but you mean, know, uh, you know, it's always like you, you, you're this guy. You know, when I ask Sal, I'm like, "Hey, Sal," he says, "Oh, man, Bill, you got to meet this guy." Uh, you know, oh, oh, who is he? Oh, he's a fighter. Uh, what, what does he look? Well, he's kind of, he's kind of like a, a tall, short, fat, skinny guy. He's got like blondish, brown, reddish colored hair, and and he could, he know. could kind of, he could kind of win or maybe lose or even draw. But aside from that, I, I know the guy really well. You know, it's like. What what are you saying, Sal? Sal needs to run for office. You need to get into political business, Sal, because you are the champion, the undisputed champion, at dodging questions and answering with answers that can be taken any which way, you know, except you know yes I, you know where, or no. You know where we, I learned that? You know what you know we got to do? We got to start limiting you. I, I'm going to just, I'm going to say, okay, Sal, I got a question for you. And here's the answer. It's either yes or no, Sal. Okay. It's either yes or no. Oh. None of these. Uh, well, you know, and I don't want to be hypocritical. you like Manny Pacquiao. I don't want to make an excuse. But. but oh, God. But. All right. You know, I don't want to be hypocritical, but, but here comes the hypocrite. You know, oh, God. But uh, anyway, we love you, Sal. But uh, we got the trivia question. Now, to, hey. By the way, don't forget, everybody, tomorrow we're going to uh, break down and give you our uh, breakdowns and predictions on the Adonis Stevenson and Andres von Farah fight, along with the Alvarez and Jean Pascal fight, which is uh, also going to be broadcast. So we'll be uh, talking about those two fights tomorrow. And uh, we're going to open up the phone lines most likely tomorrow. I know we're going to get uh, Dax Khan calling in with his thoughts and predictions, as well as Alex Papali. Uh, so uh, uh, we'll hopefully we'll have some time to open up the phone lines to hear from you guys. Today we opened them up for a little bit and uh, didn't hear from you. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, we got the trivia question and uh, we got it right. I got a right answer, Sal. Um, I can't so, believe it. Yeah, no, I believe it uh, because our listener base is very well knowledgeable uh, about uh, the sport of boxing. And sometimes it just takes some time. Now, I did get a lot of answers. But uh, the common denominator uh, in, uh, in most of the answers that I got is that they were extremely close, but they left a fighter out. 
The question was, and I want to thank my man Henry Haskup uh, for uh, hooking us up with uh, this question, and, and he loves more than anyone to stump you guys, and so do we. And but, he uh, did. And he did. Well, not he. This, this one's that he's given us that no one's ever gotten right. I haven't given the right answer yet. But uh, the question yesterday was this. Name the only retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they faced. Um, well, my man uh, James Monteverdi, he knew that the answer was Rocky Marciano, which most people that answered this got, Lennox Lewis, which most people that answered this question got, and the one that was the tricky one was Ingmar Johansson. Some people wow. say that Riddick Bowe and even James uh, and uh, Gene Tunney um, uh, were uh, also uh, included in this list. However, Bowe had a no contest, and Gene Tunney had several draws. Rocky never lost. Lewis beat both guys that beat him in return fights, and, uh, and uh, Johansson, his only loss was to Patterson uh, twice, but then he beat him as well. And my man, James Monteverdi, he knew that too. It's almost like James might be, this might be uh, Henry's uh, alter ego because he said <laughs> the exact answer I got was he answered him and he says, there's also been talk that Gene Tunney should be on the list, but Tunney had some draws and a no contest against Jack uh, Renault. So he uh, forgot uh, about uh, um, about Riddick Bowe's uh, no contest as well. So congratulations to uh, James Monteverdi. Uh, I sent him his very own copy of the title bout championship computer game, the same simulation game that Alex Papali uses for our blast from the past. Now I got a new question, Sal. You ready? Yes. All right. Now we're we're going to give Sal an opportunity to answer this for you guys, and I'll answer another one. So I got a couple in front of me just in case. Um, the question is, what do Ted Kid Lewis, Dave Shade, and Young Stribling all have in common? What did Ted Kid Lewis, Dave Shade, and Young Stribling all have in common? If you're the first one to email me this, uh, the correct answer, if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, at Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You'll win a prize. I think we got another copy of the title bout to give away, um, which is a great prize, by the way. It's a great game. Uh, if you're the first one to uh, get this correctly, you'll win it. Uh, Sal. Do you have any ideas on uh, what the Ted Kid Lewis, Dave Shade, and Young Stribling all have in common? They uh, they knew and they had coffee with Jack Dempsey. No, they didn't. Oh. Uh, but you know why? You might be close. I think they all I think I they all knew him, but I don't know if they had coffee with him. You were you were close with that one, and he almost he almost got it because Sal was very close uh, with the Jack Dempsey answer, but he was wrong. Um, so uh, you guys, uh, if you're the first one to email me the correct answer, uh, Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. What the Tid Ket? Uh, I'm sorry. What does Ted Kid Lewis, Dave Shade, and Young Stribling all have in common? Answer it and win the prize. Good luck to everyone on that one. Hey, don't forget we're going to be breaking down uh, the fight tomorrow. Uh, between uh, Adonis Stevenson and uh, uh, Andres Fonfara, it's a rematch. Uh, the first fight was uh, was a good one. It was it was I th I thought the fight 
Uh, it went the distance. I thought that uh, um, it was uh, an interesting fight. Some people thought it was close. Some people thought that Von Farah uh, might have squeaked it out. I, I don't know about that, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, it uh, Von Farah has earned a shot. So we'll be breaking down uh, and giving you our official predictions on that and the Elder Alvarez and uh, Jean Pascal fight, which is on the undercard. Uh, but uh, but that's it for today. So that concludes our show for today. And uh, I want to remind everyone to make sure that they tune in tomorrow morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I leave you with this. Ciao, baby. <laughs> Da na 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 na